Welcome again to Clean Dreams. Please pray for me. My name is Troy, and I am an alcoholic and an addict and uh, a free man today. If you'll just go ahead and take a moment to invite he who presides over us all into this session, this episode, present today. We're so thankful to have Sean C. as my producer, and my associate producer is, is Justin O. I always get tripped up with Justin. I don't know why. And uh, present uh, as special guests are, are two. We have Holly. Oh, I just love this woman, and I'm so glad to have her join us today. And uh, and Carlos, thank you very much for making the trip and, and being present at the roundtable tonight. Tonight we're going to chop up uh, the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm on page 84. So if you have a book, feel free to join us. You know, on page 84 it says, it's just at the end of the promises and it goes on to say, this thought brings us to step 10. Which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We enter the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Now, I love this section of the book because it, it allows for my humanity. You know, it allows me, you know, to have this this human experience, you know, and uh, make my mistakes. You know, what it does not say here, it does not say repeat those mistakes over again. It says immediately, you know, take care of anything that we have done. In order for me to be effective, in order for me to live a life that is selfless as opposed to selfish, I have to constantly be looking at how I operated with my cohorts, how I operated with my family, how I operated with you, you know, on a daily basis. I've entered a different world of the spirit. And what does that mean? Really what it means is for me to constantly be aware of how I am presenting myself in this journey. How am I showing up? You know, am I am I still selfish? Am I still just as dishonest? Am I not faithful? Am I showing any integrity or less integrity? You know, these are things that I have to keep my eye on constantly. It says here we have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Things will crop up. Things will pop up. People will say no to me. I will get upset and angry sometimes. How do I deal with life as it comes down the pike? Let's chop that up, y'all. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Troy. 
Hey, I'm Sean C. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Sean. Sean. It's really interesting um, you picked this passage today, Troy, especially talking about continue to watch for selfishness, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I didn't know I had those things, and they were so rampant in me. And, um, you know, I, I share a lot with Troy, or I talk a lot to Troy about just issues I've had at work. And this program is amazing because... Eight months ago, I thought those issues were all because of the people at work and the things they were doing and how they were treating me and how they were acting. And I had a one-on-one -on -one with my boss today and she commented and said something like, man, you know, you, you've been doing so great since you've been on this weight loss journey. Because for her, <laughs> around the, the same difference. time, uh, the time I started, you know, my weight loss journey, used in air quotes, was the time I entered the program. And she doesn't know I'm in the program. Um, and it was funny, like we were talking about it, but the honesty I'm able to share with her today. And I, I was just flat out, like, you know, it's amazing. I came to believe that most of the issues I had were, were due to me, me being resentful about things, me having a huge ego, not letting you have control as the boss and just respecting your leadership. And, um, so our relationship has grown so much more exponentially just from learning the tools and being self-aware and willing and able to admit when I'm wrong and just try to be better. And, um, one of the things you hear quite often is, you know, once I know now I'm accountable, right? So it's really, really, really hard to be the same old pain in the butt that wants to resist everything when I know now that that's not the way to be. Um, but so I, it's, you know, probably 10% on topic to what you were going with, Troy, but it was fresh in my mind because I just had to laugh. Literally, <laughs> you know, five hours ago, I had this conversation with my boss and um, my whole mindset and attitude and outlook on work is completely different. I mean, from the guy who quit the company out of resentment, had to beg for his job back and now just learning to find contentment um, and being grateful for the opportunity to have. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. That's a great thing to, to be able to see um, just exactly how free do you want to be, you know? How free do you want to be in this world? How, how do you want to show up today, you know? Well, we don't want any, you know, we, we don't want to assume that, that this applies to anyone on the round table. You know, if you don't have the experience that, that this requires, that's cool. You could just listen. But, you know, this is kind of a talk show. So <laughs> I appreciate if, uh, you know, if you have something to share, please talk. Yeah, my name is Carlos. I'm definitely an alcoholic. Hey, hey Carlos. Carlos. And I'm, I'm grateful to be sitting down here with you guys, right? And so there's a lot involved in getting to step 10. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some of it. Like, in order for me to be able to take a daily inventory and be able to reflect on my day and see where I came up short or I made mistakes or I harmed somebody, one thing that must take place is that I must have thoroughly worked the nine steps before this. Because if I don't see myself coming, I won't be able to recognize those areas where I made the mistakes. If I'm still operating on old behaviors and like Chris said, it's everyone else. That's not Chris. Sean. Sean. <laughs> right. Okay. We just met. Welcome. To I, AA. Nine people I know call me Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's not what you call it. It's like, where's, where's Chris? <laughs> right. But no, but what, what he just said was, you know, um, that he could recognize 
the change in the thought pattern of everything being everyone else's fault as opposed to it being me. My behavior, my attitude towards others, my expectations of others. Um, look, if you don't do what I want, when I want it, how I want it, usually it's going to lead into a problem. So what the step process did for me is it helped me to be able to get out of that zone and allow others to be who they are, where they are, without reacting all the time. And so daily reflection for me requires that I constantly stay vigilant and aware of my actions through the course of the day. Don't get too hungry, too angry too lonely, too tired, to where I then lose myself and react to it in a negative fashion, which affects others. You know, it is extremely important that I have some sort of a God conscience. And I have to say that because if I don't have a God conscience, then I will ultimately operate on self. This is a learning experience this whole thing it said that like i have to do this for a lifetime right it didn't say like i will get perfect and never ever harm anybody you know and i have to put that out there because i don't want anybody who's listening to this to think that any one of us is sitting here and we don't make mistakes and you know we done fixed it and you know um th there's no um, new mistakes that are made because i'm living according to the aa program no we practice this you know, and as human beings, we'll always come up short. I know I do on a regular basis. But minimizing the damage is another big piece of this for me, too. Like, not blowing up the whole, not blowing up multiple people in the midst of my wrong. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. You guys are all listening. I just, just period, destroying multiple relationships behind one of my actions. You know what I mean? It is not a good look. And, and it applies a lot to outside of the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Really, what we're talking about is, is, is daily living outside of that one hour meeting. You know, um, I always share that. Before I worked this process, these steps, right, and found out exactly what my character defects were and what my repetition of my issues were and why I wound up making the same mistakes over and over again and winding up in the same mess all the time. Like, there was this girl that used to work at the deli at the Publix. Publix, for those that don't know, is a supermarket. And the deli, you all know what that is, right? And I w every time I went to the deli, me with my little New York attitude, I would go over there and I'd say, let me get a pound of ham sliced in. And the girl would hit a slice, and then she would say, is this good? And I said, no, thin. And she'd hit another slice and say, how about this? And I'm like, I said thin, right? Matter of perspective, right? So she'll hit it a little thinner, and she'll say, is this good, sir? And I'll be like, you know what, Jesus Christ, where's the manager? You know, I'm asking for thin. You don't know what thin is? Why are you even working here? 
And the, like, this was my real life attitude towards everything. Like, you owe me. Like, you need to do it immediately the way I have expectations when I walk in here. Like, you don't know me, you know? And it wasn't until I went through this process and, and, and worked through steps four and five and all the rest of them that got to this point where I could recognize now that sometimes if my response as opposed to that, which is extremely harmful, is as simple as maybe just a little bit thinner, please. And then thank you when she gets it right. Does that make sense? And it's a matter of practicing that behavior on a regular basis. This girl, anytime I walked into the supermarket, would literally run into the back and send somebody else to take care of me because I was that guy. And mind you, the person who would come take care of me had an attitude before I could get one because they already knew by what was said who was coming, you know. So, yeah, um, daily inventory is um, definitely huge. And, you know, there are other pieces in here that I could talk about, but I want to, um, you know, just send it out to somebody else. I think I've said my fill. Yeah, I feel you, man. And, and I appreciate that that whole deli thing, too, because, you know, I show up in a spot expecting people to, you know, I don't care if you don't like me, but still show me some fucking love. You know what I mean? And it, it looks like whether you got to, you know, fake it because you're my waitress, you know, or or just put more water in my cup. You know, why do I have to ask for that? That's the entitled portion of myself. That's ego. And it shows up when I'm out there in the public. You know what I mean? And if I'm not held accountable, you know, with 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 that behavior, I will spread it. You know, my beha- my behavior is also a, a very close relative to my disease, you know. And and if my disease is shrinking and getting weaker, then my behavior reflects that shrunken drunk, you know. But if it's not, if if my disease is still growing, even though I'm not drinking or drugging, it's still growing, my, my behavior reflects that as well. Thanks, Troy. Hey, everyone. My name's Holly. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Holly. And um, you, where where you started off there on page eighty four, you said this this um, this thought brings us to step ten. And so I flipped back a few pages and looked um, at the at the twelve steps and and read step ten, which said which says continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And I. Um, have always underlined or highlighted or bracketed or whatever you want to say promptly. It says promptly, not eventually. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And, um, I like eventually better though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My ego likes eventually. Right. But, um, it, it says promptly and, um, you know, I, um, but, but like everybody has shared, right. You know, now that Carlos, thank you for, bringing up that, you know, the first nine steps that bring us up to this, um, at this point, we should have had some what of a psychic change and we should be aware of our defects, right? We've done a fourth and fifth step. And once I'm aware of those, then I'm responsible for how I behave. You know, a good friend of ours says that in one of our local meetings, right? Once I'm aware, I'm responsible. And now I have a duty to act in a way that does not harm others, 
right? But that doesn't mean I'm perfect, right? Our, our program always says progress, not perfection. We're not perfect. Um, but it says to continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear because they do come up. I mean, you know, um, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, um, fear and, and, and resentments that come up in me sometimes. And, um, you know, I have to look at those, right? What is that? You know, like I might need to do a little mini inventory on that. Like, why do I have that fear? Why do I have that resentment? And, um, and, and get rid of it, you know, and ask God to remove it. Um, because, you know, earlier on, it says we've entered the world of the spirit, right? Like I should be open to the sunlight of the spirit, right? God conscious. I, I, yes, I want that God conscious and I want that, um, you know, I, I want to be a channel, uh, a channel for God to use me to help others, right? And so, um, you know, at this point, yes, I should, I should be taking a look at my, at my actions, my behaviors, my, even my thoughts, right? My fears, the things that come up in my daily, in my day-to-day -day stuff. And, um, you know, looking at that and, and asking myself those questions, have I been selfish, dishonest, re resentful, or am I in fear? Um, and, you know, when I hit my knees at night, um, you know, I, and, and, and if I've, uh, identified that I have, you know, acted in those ways or behaved in those ways, then, um, I do, I ask God to remove them and, um, you know, start, start fresh the next day, right? Because that's all I have is, is today. And, you know, I'm asking God to remove that for today because tomorrow's a new day. And um, hopefully, um, you know, whatever I had going on the day before, I don't, I don't want that following me into the next day, right? Because that takes away from my whole purpose, which is to be of maximum service to God and my fellows. And, um, you know, and, and then I like where it says, discuss it with someone immediately. Man, I can't stew on that stuff. Because um, the more I push that stuff down and don't look at it, I'm, I'm headed for trouble if I do, you know. Um, and, um, and then I love where it says, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. You know, sometimes I literally just have to turn, right? And I'm like sitting here as I'm saying that, turning my head because... You know, Carlos, you had the example of um, the Publix Deli, right? Well, I had a wonderful experience with DirecTV on the phone this afternoon. <laughs> and um, every month for the past three months, my bill has been wrong. And it's, been, it's frustrating, right? And I keep, you know, calling them and I'm trying to be as polite as can be, you know. But, I mean, you get some frustration. They can hear you over the phone. And it's like... I don't want to be that person anymore, you know, that yells and screams and says, let me speak to your manager. And, you know, I want credits on my bills and all this other stuff, you know, but it's like, I do want to be taken care of as, as a, a paying customer. Um, 
but you know I have to I have to look at that and um and and you know after I you know have been on the phone and I'm thinking oh my gosh I'm you know hopefully I didn't say anything that you know I could have harmed someone or um you know um affected somebody's day because that's the last thing i want to do right is with my voice and my actions affect somebody else's day in a negative way right and um so you know as as i ended that in the thought that okay i i hope this went okay yeah i might have you know expressed my frustration with direct tv but then, but then, you know what? I turned and I came over here to help someone else. And that's what this is all about. And, um, you know, and, and, and love and tolerance of others is our code. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's big here, you know? And it's but, tough. But wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a human being having this experience, right? Mm -hmm. So, on good days, yeah, you know, I'm, you know what? I, I, I firmly believe that my program of recovery is not for the good days. My program of, of recovery is for the bad days. You know what I mean? It's for the shitty days when I am not feeling it. I'm getting calls that I don't want to get. Don't want to get, and people are talking to me any way they want to talk to me. You know, I, I I can show up differently. You know, and and I, I I'm thinking that there must be a gap somewhere there where that that could be allowed. Isn't that okay? Isn't it all right for me to be able to kind of you know serve a two-piece to somebody who's been dis disrespecting me and, and, you know, let them have it? Why can't I let them have it? You know, why is that? Well, that, that's a great point that you bring up. And thank you, Holly, for sharing. That, that was beautiful. Um, because now Holly uh, uh, opened up a door that could take us, us to another direction, another level in this. Because people listening might think, oh, well, so you think... So according to what you're saying, so I have to let people step all over me and be loving and all kind to them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is not what this is about. See, because we get to a point through this process that we are allowed to put up boundaries. We are allowed the ability to uh, 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 command respect because we are displaying a respectful type of personality up front. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? I love that direct TV thing. <laughs> I go through it with AT&T. Are we like publicly <laughs> announcing companies over here? All right. So, so basically what happens is that, yeah, you did get it wrong. Right? So, so when we talk about love and kindness and the whole bit, it's really talking about our, as individual alcoholics in this recovery process, practicing a new way of uh, 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 paying attention to these things, that our approach to that situation doesn't need to be, I'm going to get this our word out of my mouth. My approach to the situation does not need to be, who's the manager? What's going on? This is wrong again. I am. That's not cool. You know, number one, to make an amends in that situation, 
would probably be a situation where you don't respond like that again. Because chances are you finding out who agent number 330-446-7231, you're not going to find them again. So the deal would be like to not practice that again. Right? So that's because a, that's like a living, that's like a living change, a way of changing the way I live. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because at a certain point, I've I deserve to be treated correctly. At a certain point, I need to you to upheld your end, uphold your end of the agreement. At a certain point, it's not right um, to feel or to be, never mind feelings, because that's all another conversation, but it is not right to be cheated, lied to, you know? We have the ability today. Look, how about you could pay a cable bill? Mm. Let's start there. Mm. All right? Mm. But 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 with this with this inner God-centeredness respecting that we have for ourselves, because again, I have to take accountability and responsibility and walk that walk. I can't just talk this friendly, loving, peaceful, godly. I have to actually walk it and be it, right? So my approach to the situation is such that in a lot of cases, what might start off as a high, intense, lit, fire to the wall situation, conversation, by the end of it, if I practice some of this, these principles, both people wind up with, a thank you and thank you. Well, see, now I got a problem then because what what, what happens? What happens to my to, to my human feelings? You know what I mean? What happens to my expectations? You know what I mean? Because this relationship that I have with DirecTV or whatever, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I'll pay my bill. You know what I mean? But I have an expectation of, 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 of a certain amount of service, a certain amount of kindness. You know, talk nice to me. You know what I mean? And and and, and look at the, the situation that I'm bringing to you right now. I got a problem with my bill. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not trying to hear um, somebody's going to call me back. I'm not trying to hear that, you know, no, no, the bill is correct. You know, oh, so now you disrespect. You know, I'm thinking that. There's a human aspect of this thing that needs to be addressed, too. How do I do that? How do I get to a place where I can be this human, having this experience, and being able to, you know, vocalize it, verbalize it, and communicate it in, in a way where, you know, it shows my frustration? Why do I have to always be, you know, the, the good guy, the kind guy? I don't know, man. I don't know. Hey, I'm Justin. I'm an alcoholic. What's up, Justin? Justin. And um, I think, you know, going off what Troy said, that's that's just living life on life's terms and accepting life on life's terms. You know, people aren't perfect. You've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. You know, you could have been that customer service agent who's messed up that bill at one time or another when you were working for AT&T or Comcast. So to have these expectations of a perfect life, you know, that's 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 not the life that we live in today. So I think these steps are really, you know, trying to help you focus on living life on life's terms. And um, I'm, I'm still new to the program and still new to the steps. So, you know, I'm still learning my awareness. You know, I'm a, I feel like, you know, I'm just uh, just under six months clean and I'm still learning what what I what triggers me, what doesn't trigger me, what I like, what I don't like. And um, and it's a whole new learning process trying to live this new life, because when you first get sober, you know, your your brain is scattered and um you know, this is this taking inventory at the end of every day allows you to know yourself, you know, for me, at least 
you know, I can write down what upset me for the day, what resentments I had, what fears I had. And then I can work on, you know, the underlying reasons of why I had that. This is like free, um, it's like a free therapist, you know what I mean? Like this is what AA is. And when I came into the program, I thought that I was just going to come in here, you know, I, I do some time and then I'm cured. You know, I thought it was like when you go to the doctor and you have a, an illness, they give you this medication and, and you're cured. But this is a lifelong disease from what I've learned. And, um, you know, the thing that I struggle with today is, is um, you know, dealing with friends and family who aren't in the program and trying to trying to explain to them what I do on a daily basis. Why do I go to meetings every day, sometimes twice a day? And, um, and you know, I've heard from somebody in the rooms saying it's not their responsibility to understand. You know, we, we try so hard, or at least I do try so hard to be understood by other people, by non-addicts, you know. And um, it's not their responsibility to understand, but they can accept, you know, our way of life. And, and um, you know, the way I explain it is I don't want to go back to the way I used to live. So doing these simple steps for me, it's not that hard. And and when you, when you, you know, live that God conscious life, good things tend to happen to you. You know, when you, when you don't cuss out the person on the other end, cause your bill is messed up, you know, good things tend to happen to you. When you go to a restaurant, you don't cuss out the waitress cause your food is undercooked. <laughs> Tend not to have your food spit in the next time you go to that restaurant. So, you know, I'm, I'm just taking it one day at a time. And, um, you know, I love this topic, Troy. Yeah, that's that, that's powerful stuff, man. So, you know, I, I mean, I know I've been playing the role of the devil's advocate, but what I know and understand about this program is that the page speaks to me. You know what I mean? The page says that we have entered the world of the spirit. Now, our next function is to grow. All right. So, so, so where am I spiritually if after getting off the phone with a situation like the example that we've been going around the table with, I need to call somebody and share it with them. And then I need to call somebody else and share it with them. And then I need to go to a meeting and share it there. And then I get home. And I'm still so furious that I forgot that I didn't have anything to eat and I didn't stop by the store, right? Hangry. And this is like, yeah, <laughs> and this is like consuming me to the point where now I have built a resentment towards whomever or whatever company, right? Where am I in relation to this step 10 at that point? When I am holding on to and festering over something that happened at 9.30 a.m. And it is now 11.30 p.m. So, I don't know. I need some help on that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it actually talks to us about that in the book. It says, this is not an overnight matter, right? We should continue to watch for that selfishness. All right? dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove it. All this other, all this other shit that we're talking about right now is, is me asking Troy. You know, Troy, 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 chill, man, chill. You know how long I have been having that conversation with myself? Yo, man, chill, man, chill, 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 chill. You know, Nah, I'm asking the wrong person for help if I'm asking me for help with this. 
You know, I have to immediately turn to God and ask God to please relieve me of this feeling that I'm having, you know, because it renders me useless to, to the rest of his children. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I've been told that this is a program of attraction. Right. But who's going to be attracted to me if I'm still carrying that, that, that interaction I had with that AT&T representative this morning? I'm still carrying it around in the meeting. You know what I mean? Who's going to be attracted to that if I'm still carrying it around when I stop at 7-Eleven or, or a quick trip? You know, who's going to be attracted to that? Who's going to ask me, you know, anything about help? Who's going to come to me to, to relieve themselves of anything that is worthy of God's attention? Who's going to come to me? You know, if they want to, you know, man, I need some prayer, man. Can you come and sit and pray with me? You know, I can't see that door being open when my mind is in that condition. So I believe that what what the what the framers of this program is trying to try, are trying to do is is provide us with an uh, a mechanism which allows the door to open up and let God in. <clears throat> I really like uh, you know what Justin was saying about self awareness, and I think though there's more to self awareness than catching yourself in the moment, right? Because a lot of my self awareness doesn't come until far after the fact, you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I am rethinking about how that went, um, the way I reacted in a certain situation. And sometimes it takes multiple situations before I finally realize that it, there really is a better way. And it really is all in my reaction. Um, and Troy, I think, you know, the, the prayer aspect is spot on, you know, I, these thoughts didn't pop into my mind automatically. You know, it's through daily prayer, asking God to reveal himself to me, reveal, um, you know, what his will is for me and give me the strength to carry that out. I think, you know, the prayer piece and the meditation and coming to try to find, um, you know, build that relationship with your higher power. I I think that's critical to um, achieving true self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that takes the ego out. You know what I mean? Because I'm working on this this relationship with God. I'm trying to sharpen that. You know what I mean? Because it's really the sharpest tool I have in my toolbox is prayer. You know what I mean? So I can't afford to let that tool get dull. I can't afford to let it just sit in the toolbox. Oh yeah, I know it's there. You know what I mean? But nah, I got this. I don't need I don't need that tool. It's like it's like, you know, sometimes when you really need a screwdriver, but you use your fingernail because, you know, it's like it's like I can make this happen. I can make this work. You know what I mean? But you end up breaking your fingernail, blood everywhere. It's like, damn, I should have just reached for the screwdriver in the first place. You know what I mean? Use the tools that that, that are made available to to us in this program. And then I, I, I tend to hurt less. You know what I mean? It doesn't eradicate all pain. It doesn't eradicate all fear for me. You know, it's an ever-growing experience trying to live in this world without without trying to without hurting someone else and without living in fear. You know what I mean? Um, and I can't remove that. I can't remove my own fear. You know what I mean? I have to pray. I have to ask God to please relieve me of this. You know what I mean? So it's like I went to Walmart and I bought a, a, a Hoover vacuum cleaner, right? And I come home and I plug it in and I cut it on and, and, and it don't work. It's not working. You know what I mean? What do I do? Do I take it back to Walmart? No, nah, I take it back to Walmart. They're going to say, nah, nah, ain't nothing I can do for you, man. You got to call Hoover, right? Why is that? Well, they take it back to the creator, you know what I mean? Well, the same thing is true with me. When I'm broken and I'm feeling uh, 
undernourished spiritually, you know, I gotta take I gotta take it back to the creator. You know, Troy, when you were talking about um, when you were playing devil's advocate, and you were saying, "Well, am I just supposed to take this stuff, right? If somebody's gonna be, you know, rude or, um, you know, um, pop off at me." Like, am I just supposed to take that stuff? And, you know, I, I was thinking about that as everybody else was was sharing. And, um, you know, the thought that popped into my mind is that um, we don't know what other people are struggling with, right? And so, um, you know, if, if somebody um, comes at me in a way that I feel is disrespectful or, you know, I don't know what they're going through, right? And so I have to think about that. I have to think about, you know, there's there's so many people out there going through stuff that I don't even know about. And I have to take that into consideration. Or perhaps they're spiritually sick just like me, right? And um, so I love how you spun that because it's like, well, the book tells us that we're, you know, of course, we're not going to be doormats, right? We now have the ability to, you know, stick up for ourselves. And someone mentioned boundaries. And um, those those are all tools that we can use. Um, but I also have to take into consideration that there may be people who have, you know, maybe they just got, you know, word that someone in their family is very sick or they lost their job or, you know, uh, whatever. And, and I don't know what's going on with those people. Right. And so that's where I still have to have that love and tolerance if I can. Right. I mean, I don't know what the other woman on the end of the phone was going through that day. I mean, she could have been yelled at by five different people before me. You know what I mean? And I, did, I didn't yell at her, you know? But I'm just saying, like, there's, you just, you never know what someone else is going through. And that's why it's like, love and tolerance is our code. And, you know, it's, um, you know, and it, and, it, and it tells us that we have to learn to, to, to practice patience and we have to learn tolerance, mm. right? Mm. Tolerance. I mean, that's that was a big one, big one for me. I mean, because, you know, I mean, when I was when I was active in, in in my drinking career, I mean, there was a whole lot of shit that I didn't tolerate. Um, but um you know, as I as I have that understanding that other people around me um, may be spiritually sick and may have things going on in their lives, then I can potentially have some um, love and tolerance for that person, yeah. right? And and so um, I, I have to take that I have to take that into consideration. Um, because I would hope that the, you know, the person would give the same, would give the same respect to me. Um, does that mean that every single situation like that is going to be perfect? No. Um, but again, we going back to step 10, that's where, you know, if those situations don't turn out the way that they, you know that God intended for them or things blow up or whatever that's where I have my nightly inventory and I can look at those things and I can and I can promptly make amends if I need to you know 
And uh, it's not all about me, right? I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's not. And um, I have to remember that, you know, um, I'm here to help and be of service to other people that's wow. that's wow. god's but that's god's purpose for me whether they're sick or whether they're angry they're lonely they're tired you know can i sit down with that person and have a conversation and see what's going on do they want help do they not want help um but i i know that um you know whatever the situation even if you know somebody somebody were to come at me what's going on within them that's causing them to 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 behave that way and i have to look at it from that perspective like you know they're probably not whatever just came out from from that it it might have nothing to do with me and they may have some kind of internal struggle that i know nothing about and that's where i have to be cognizant of that other people are going through things that I have no idea about. That's powerful, you know, because really what you're just what you just captured there is the fact that you too need to be free. You need to remain free. You need to be less angry, less stressed, you know, and it seems that if I am less stressed and less angry, I'm more helpful, more useful to God, right? So how do I get less stressed and less angry? You know, I can't take on that person's stuff. I can't carry that person's stuff. I have to allow people to be who they are. You know what I mean? So so if in my journey through the day, I, I trip and I fall over an angry person, there's still room for me to be of some help, some use to them and to God. You know what I mean? I have had multiple opportunities to, you know, really show up in a situation like that. Angry, angry people. You know what I mean? And you just, you know, tap somebody on the shoulder and say, come here for a second, man. You know, what's what's really going on? And And you look them in the eyes and then... What flows from there is nothing but truth. You know, yo, I just got a call, man. My son is sick and I don't even know what to do, man. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no medical coverage. And that changes the perspective automatically. All involved now, you know, I'm all in. You know, So I, the, the perspective was changed as a result of your spiritual approach and what you've learned in this program towards that situation. And it, and it reminds me of the fact that just a couple of years ago, I was working in a place where I had 160 employees who I managed. And they were all second chance at life employees. I'm talking what a lot of people would not touch. The only reason you came to work for my agency is because you cannot walk into another place fill out an application and expect to get a job whether it be because of your criminal record whether it be because of the upside down cross tattoo in the middle of your forehead whether it be because of you know being known throughout the neighborhood with criminal activity gangbang whatever it was this is the element that i dealt with 99.95 percent of the employees that i had were that 
And I was working in uh, two offices where I did not look like you. I didn't talk like you. My walk wasn't like yours. So immediately, a lot of these people, the majority of them would approach me like, oh, man, who's this new guy? You know, they've been working this place for the longest. Oh, man, another new guy. And they would hit me with mad attitude. Right. Now, me having a working program in my life allowed me to do things like meet them where they are. Right. Because I don't look like you or I don't talk like you, you think you know me, but you don't know nothing about me because we all have a history and we know where we came from. I'm talking about active addiction. I'm talking about attitudes. I'm talking about life in the hood. I'm talking about all that preparation. Right. So 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 for me to like put that out immediately or over the course of some time, watch this, the effect that you get. From dealing with a person like that or someone walks up to you and wants to fill out an application and they have like literally, you know, tattoos all over their face and and they're wearing a sweater in the summer, 100 degree heat because they don't want you to see what this stuff here represents and whatever um, to be able to just give them an opportunity and and say things like have a seat, sir. I'll be right with you, sir. Thank you. You passed the exam. You know, when would you like to start working? What's your schedule like? And then they get to working and I show up on these job sites and I'm like, man, you're doing a great job. Thank you. And you make you're helping others by making them feel a part of which we all should give to whoever we run come in contact with. You know, um, uh, Holly talked about, you know, being of service to somebody else. Sometimes being of service could be a simple thank you. Sometimes being of service could be like, yeah, I don't know what that person's going through, whatever the case may be. But sometimes, especially depending on the industry or the walk that we're walking, sometimes being of service could simply be to treat you like a, another human being with respect. You know, this this um, 10 step starts off by saying continue to take a personal inventory. So what is an inventory? Like, talk about that. Like, what is an inventory? What does that look like? Like, I had to do an inventory earlier on, and that was grueling because it was thorough. And I had to dig deep into my past and pull it up to find out who I am. And you saying I need to keep doing that like every day? Yo, son. I'm a regular dog. What kind of, who has time for that? <laughs> you know regular. what I mean? It could get a little bit jaunting. Like, come on, are you serious, bro? Like an inventory every day? But what happens is by the time we get to this point, we would hope that we have worked this process thorough enough to where we can easily or much easier now identify our rights from our wrongs. Like you feel that in your spirit. You feel that in your gut. Look, man, this this program is to be internalized and then practiced in all of my affairs. So I know immediately when I did something I probably shouldn't have done said something I probably shouldn't have said. And it's my duty to immediately upon identifying that, make that right. Because I could put out a fire at a spark and not have it turn into a fire. This inventory process is about me looking at my behaviors, me looking at my actions. Did any of those things cause harm? 
Look, I could do that on the drive home from work or from wherever I'm at. I could reflect on my day and identify areas that I either need to make a little bit better, correct, or everything was all good today. Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I came in, they told me, and this, you know, this really stuck with me. It's he said, "Yo, dog, there is no right way to do the wrong thing." You know what I mean? So if if I understand that, now I'm accountable. All right. I'm accountable for now how I show up in the world. You know, yeah, all right, I had that background. You know what I mean? No, I didn't have tattoos all over my face, but yeah, I had that background. You know what I mean? But today, I want to be free. And it always ends up being how free do you want to be? You know, how free do you want to be? You get to choose, you know, because now you are blessed with awareness. You got a toolkit. You got power of prayer and a connection to a higher power. You have a circle of, 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 of fellowship and a circle of network that are willing to help you get through this. You no longer have to rely on just Troy. You can reach out, call somebody, allow yourself to be sponsored, and sponsor others. How about the love of this program that does not even discriminate against whether or not you did have a face full of tattoos? How about the love of this program that uh, that that allows you to be welcomed and loved by others, regardless of your sexual identity, what you do for a living, where you came from, how much time you did, did no time. I remember sharing at a meeting one time and I was in a I was I was in. Can I say where I was? <laughs> yeah. you can All, right. Say. All right. So 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 I was in Queens. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. At the I can. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I went in there and they asked me to do a meeting and I did. And the room was filled with like hardcore people, man. Yo, yo, why are you I looking said, at me like that? I'm, I'm not even I'm saying, I didn't look like you. Yo, but but, but I'm saying what I'm saying is like like I actually literally the spirit led me to say, look, man, like like I've never relapsed. I picked up one white chip on May 24th, 1994. Today is what? June 29th, 2018, right? I've never been to prison or jail. I didn't sell dope. And so if that's what you want to hear, that's not what you're going to get. And somebody out of the audience of that meeting said, oh, man, you don't know nothing about this. I'm out of here. And I followed that by saying, but if the purpose of you being here is to learn how to stay clean one day at a time, I could probably share some experience on that. He sat down. You feel me? So it's like, it's like, this, and I said that to say, cause I don't, it, it wasn't about necessarily any appearance type features, what I was sharing about, but just to give a visual description of the type of environment that I was in, but there's no discrimination in here. We are all people who would normally not mix. So we're going to be different people. But the program allows us to love for those that work it to welcome and embrace each and every one of us exactly where we are. And without that, then there is no fellowship. There is not that love, you know, and everybody doesn't have that in them, that love and that welcoming. 
It is the ones who actually practice this program and the principles and have developed a relationship with a higher power or a God of their own understanding that are able to exemplify these behaviors in all of their affairs to the best of their abilities. That day. Because we all fall short. This thing is so real to me that I'm overwhelmed with the joy of living. There was a time when all I could think about was getting high. So now I have the ability to think about others. Are you kidding me? This is the the, the, the psychic change that Holly talked about at the very onset of this thing. A changing in the way that I think that eventually reverts into a changing of the way that I act that eventually makes me more attractive and more appealing as a person to be of service and develop relationships with others. My man Sean talked about working for a company that kicked him out or he left because of resentment. And now he's back and now they appreciate him and they don't know he's in recovery. So he's not running around talking about, I'm in recovery, I'm in recovery, recover, got another 30 days. He's not doing that. He is showing through his actions actions and his responsibilities and his cordialness and his just being him. Yo, sometimes it's just weight loss program, bro. He's on it. Sometimes it's just about thank you and please. Yeah. You know what I mean? That sometimes makes all the difference in the world, finding those two words in your and using them in your vocabulary on a daily basis, as often as possible. Thank you. Please. Thank you. Please. So this here, to, from, from my experience, this is a program to be practiced. The best example we could be of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is not to talk it, but to walk it. True indeed. True indeed. True indeed. You know, Clean Dreams is here because of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, if I if I hadn't gotten clean and sober, there's no way that I could help others get clean and sober. You know, if I hadn't learned to pray on my knees, there's no way that I can suggest that to someone else. You know, so the change must first begin with me. You know, I got to first connect that. I got to do the work. I got to write my fourth step. I got to sit down and chop that up and look at it. You know what I mean? And I got to be willing to ask God to remove my character defects because I know I can't do it. You know what I mean? I need God's help. And, And sometimes what God's help looks like is he puts samples and examples in my life of what good characteristics look like. You know what I mean? Because I've got a bunch of role models about how, you know, the gangsters, you know, do it. I, I got a bunch of role models of how the dope fiends do it. You know, I got a bunch of role models of how the drunks do it, right? So why not use that template but on the recovery side, you know? Show me how the people in recovery do it, you know? So put me in a place where those people will be affecting me. Affecting my outlook and my perspective, affecting the way I now choose to walk. You know what I mean? And I believe that that's what happens when we walk into a room of Alcoholics Anonymous. I believe that there's a synergy that is generated there, an energy that I can take away with me. You know what I mean? A new thought pattern that I can take out into the world. 
you know, and for me, uh, that's the biggest hope that I can get. You know, how can I change today, now? How you guys doing? You doing good. Right? I'm good. All right. I uh, we could chop this later, but I I feel like I'd be remiss to not bring up the fact that we have a sponsee, a sponsor, and his grand sponsor in the room on the <laughs> same program. So. Um, I know step 10 is kind of about taking that personal inventory, but what role does sponsorship, if any, play in the step 10 since we have you three gentlemen in the room? Samples and examples. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, this thing is the, is something that is handed down, you know, from from one to the other. The framers of this program, they, they put it in a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what I mean? And they taught us from the beginning to uh, the first 164, this is what the meat and potatoes of life is. This contains everything that you're going to need to deal with whatever comes down the pike. You know what I mean? And none of this, any of it, says, uh, yo, you got to stand up for yourself, punch him in his face if he disrespects you, dog. You know what I mean? No. It's, it's staying down. Our, we, we got another way of, of doing that. There's a solution for that. You know what I mean? None of it says you're going to have to go get high, go get go get drunk at this, you know? No, no. We got a solution for that. We got another way of handling it. You know what I mean? I mean? A group of us got together last night, and, you know, we watched two new guys, you know, handle some tough stuff, and we were there to support each other as they were doing that work, you know what I mean? And this is really, that was just like a vision for that newcomer to see that you're not alone, that anything, can, any possible thing can be accomplished, you know, as long as we we stay keyed into each other. You know what I mean? I called one of those brothers today. And the, the thing about that, watching these two newcomers take an action, that they normally would not have taken without a little bit of assistance and guidance. Because that's all the sponsor is. Somebody to guide you through this process, assist you through your good times and your troubled times, help you come out of the, you know, the turmoil and get onto uh, the right path. And I left him a voicemail letting him know that I was checking to see how he was feeling after that experience yesterday and letting him know that if he didn't, I had a spiritual experience in watching that take place last night. I did. Because a sponsor, that was a great question, by the way. What role does a sponsor play in that? A sponsor a sponsor is only a teacher. I could only share with you what I went through, how I got out of it. And there's no string from the first 164 pages of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous as far as direction. The rest that I can share with you is the actions that I took, how I took them, and what the results were. But a sponsor is only as good as the work that the sponsee is willing to do. I've sponsored a lot of people, man. And I only know a couple of, a lot of people that are still doing this thing. There might be more out there somewhere that are still, I don't know. And, 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 and another thing is that, you know, not everybody is meant to sponsor everybody. 
You know, not not every sponsee that come that comes and asks me to sponsor them, not all of them are going to be with me forever. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, all we are like conductors in a train, just getting you to the next stop. You know what I mean? The next stage of development. You know, and and feel no way about saying, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think I want you to sponsor me no more. Feel no way about that. You know what I mean? Because all I am is really an example of recovery, you know? And if indeed you, you get to a point where you're not willing to take suggestions from me, then that's not the kind of recovery you want. You need somebody else, you know what I mean? Something else is, is operative because, you know, knowing what I know today about the spiritual experience in this program, none of us, none of us are in each other's lives accidentally. You know what I mean? This, these, these were meetings that were meant to be. We all meant to be involved in each other's lives. And, you know, if God put you in my life, you know, he's the only one that really can take you out. You know what I mean? I'm not going to close the door if, if someone says to me, yo, I, I need to go work with somebody else. They're cool. Okay. You know, and I wish you well. That means my job is done right here. Now I need to turn my attention, like you said, mm -hmm. turn to somebody else who I can help. You know what I mean? And over the years, there have been hundreds, you know, of people in and out of my life. And I got to say that I'm thankful for each one of them. Look, each I, one of them. I, I just want to say this, man. The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous is the book's fun nickname. It is a basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous. Funny thing, I went to New York to live for two years not long ago. And every meeting, again, again, and every meeting that I went to, all right, they called this the basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous. They didn't use the term big book very often. And if we look up the word text by definition, it is a tool to teach by, which would imply that I should have someone who has gone through that information before teach me what's in the textbook. So a sponsor's job, as far as I'm concerned, is to teach you the information that's in the textbook and take the time to personally share with you how I enacted that in my life and where it's at today, right? So a textbook, a teacher, you have the tools, now it's up to you. It's almost like having a, a book on how to build airplanes, a textbook on how to build airplanes. And you go to the airplane parts store and you get all the parts to build the airplane because it had a whole section in the book with all the parts you need to build the airplane. Sean will do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you go and you lay this stuff out in the yard and you read the book and you put the airplane together. And when you get done, it looks marvelous. Mm -hmm. You're cleaned up, Right. Fresh, clean. How many people you think you were convinced to get in that plane with you? So it would probably be a good idea to have someone who has actually been through this textbook, understands the information in its entirety, has actually built a plane before. So to speak. Right? Mm -hmm. and Or knows how to fly. Or knows how to fly, right? Mm -hmm. and, and take you through that information and teach you how to do it the right way. True. You know, that's 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 what this is about. And Carlos, I just want to add on that when you talked about the, um, you know, that it being a textbook and having somebody else take you through it. Um, a textbook is also meant to be studied. 
right? And that means I don't just read it once and put it back on the bookshelf and um, think that, you know, I'm cured, right? I got, I got to go back through this because I got to keep it fresh, you know? So um, I, I just wanted to piggyback off of that and, and you know, say it's, it's, it's definitely meant to be studied. And um, I constantly go back uh, through mine, um, not only for, you know, just to find stuff in there that I need for my own personal spiritual growth, but also to take sponsees through it. And so I'm constantly in that big book. And... Um, and, and, and I'm studying it and relating it and bringing it into my real life, my everyday life. What questions? Um, I don't have any questions. I just wanted to, you know, kind of touch base on what y'all were talking about with the big book, Justin Alcoholic again. And um, just wanted to say, you know, when I, when I was going through the book on my own for the first time, I really didn't understand. I mean, I was still getting sober, you know, my brain was still foggy, but I really didn't understand a lot of this stuff. It didn't stick until I went through it with somebody who has been through the 12 steps, you know, and Troy wasn't my, my first sponsor. I had a sponsor before him and it didn't work out. So, you know, sometimes things happen the way they happen and people in your life are absolutely in your life for a reason. And I believe that, you know, you know, this is, this is great that both of you had mentioned, um, um, if you need to find someone new to work through this process with, then do that freely by all means necessary. And I agree with that. But I also don't want to throw a message out there that says if you don't like your sponsor, you know, go work with somebody else. Like just for any old given reason, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I talk to people on a regular basis, you know, and I, mean, I don't like this guy. Why? Because, man, he don't get no girls, man. You know what I mean, I got like mad girls and he can't relate to me. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? He ain't no pimp. Right. Well, so, so what I'm saying, yeah. So what I'm saying is like this is not about like like a sponsor's job is to teach you how to get sober and to, you know, if you want to know what sober means, look that up in the dictionary. Change right? your life. Because it's different than just being dry and being abstinent from any mood of mind-altering substances. But if if the if the function that you so desire is to live a better life, um, and you have someone who has that information available to them and it makes it available to you, then that's what it is that we're doing here. As far as the rest of the stuff, that's something else. You know what I mean? A lot of people pick trivial reasons why I'm not going to let that guy sponsor me. Some people you might ask to sponsor, uh, like, will you sponsor me? And they say, yeah, here's my number. Call me every day. And you're like, man, who this guy think he is, man? Call you every day. You ain't the boss of me, man. I'm just saying, will you sponsor me, man? Why you got to go through all that, right? But this guy has a wealth of information with regards to sobriety and the process of the program. So we have to give ourselves a break and understand the difference. I recommend that before you just pick up and leave whatever sponsor it is that you're working with, that you consult with other people in the fellowship and let them know exactly why you're thinking about moving on. And if it makes sense, then that person will probably tell you because they understand there are a lot of people in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous who understand the seriousness of why it is that we do what we're doing. And they, if you talk to somebody who has experience, they'll be able to tell you, man, that's just you, man. That ain't got nothing to do with him. Or you know what? Maybe you should find somebody else because obviously it's not working out. So, you know, um, just two sides of that coin, you know what I mean? And this is coming from a person, again, my name is Carlos, I'm definitely an alcoholic, but I can't even 
even tell you the amount of sponsors that I had in the first nine years of this program. Because anytime a sponsor told me, okay, we're at step four, go write your inventory. I was like, I need a new sponsor, bro, because you got an attitude. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like your attitude, man. Like, like why I don't you like not, your tone. Yeah, well, why are you not picking me up no more to go to meetings? What you mean, make it to a meeting and you'll drive me home, man? When you start doing that, you used to pick me up all the time, right? So, again, I was stuck in self-will. Right. So therefore, you and whatever knowledge and wealth of information that you could give to me, I'm not willing to receive because I don't like the way that you're doing the way you're doing what you're doing. And it doesn't appease me. You're right. And I'm out of I'm yeah. out of context. With you're the right. Whole concept. You know, one of my buddies told me the, the other day that uh, a, a guy that, that, that I was sponsoring was going through some stuff. Right. He's like, yeah. Hey, did you talk to him? I said, like, no, nah, he hasn't called me. And so it had been weeks, right? And he's like, yeah, you had, have, have you spoken to me? I was like, nah, he hasn't called me. And my buddy talked to the guy, and, he, and the guy goes, yeah, my sponsor ain't called me. I'm going through this sh all this tough shit, and my sponsor ain't even called me. You know? I was like, whoa, pump the brakes. We've got some role reversal going on there, you know? I'm so glad that we were able to sit with this topic today and chop it up. You people, man, I'm telling you, I will go anywhere with any of you. And um, I really want to thank you all out there for tuning in to Clean Dreams. Uh, you can find us at cleandreams.us or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to connecting with you again. Thank you, everybody. Y'all have a good night.